and please be seated. If you, God has given us a recipe because, uh, for success, because we are so, uh, spiritual beings, we were created in His image. We are spirit beings. We live in a body. And so God created us in His image, and God wants us to live and operate the way He lives. And this is all given to us in the Scriptures. And if we learn to live according to the Scriptures, then we're living like God, and we have God's nature, and God's Word will walk with us. We live on the earth. There are things that we have to deal with in life, but God has given us solutions in His Word. We just need to stay with what God is giving to us. And the most important thing is what comes out of your mouth. I can immediately place you by listening to you a few minutes. I can tell whether you're a fearful person or whether you have problems. Or it comes out from the words that you speak. And God hears it. And also the devil hears it. The devil can also place you based on the words that are coming out of your mouth. He is not God. He can't read your heart or your mind. He is not God, but as soon as the word comes out of your mouth, he knows where you are. He knows what's going on. And then you're giving him something to work with. So he knows how to come at you to bring defeat to your life, which is his mission in, in, in his living. So we need to understand here we're talking about holding fast. Holding fast. In other words, speaking or saying the same things, the same things that God has spoken if you, if you look into the scriptures and you look at Luke chapter 4, and when Jesus was tempted, he gave us kind of an opening. I don't know why that was recorded there for us, but it was for us to understand how we can bring defeat to the enemy without a lot of struggle. Jesus, when he was tempted, all he was saying was going back to the word. No argument, no fight, no wrestling. It is written. And he quote the scriptures. And so he defeated the devil. Where Adam failed and brought all these destructions, Jesus went through and came out victorious, just quoting back what God had said. Just what God had said. No question about it. Satan says this and he gives him the word. He goes to some other thing, he gives him the word. It is written. And so God is giving us in his word. And in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, God says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This book of the law must not depart from your mouth. It's not saying you always speak that, but don't let it go away from you where you don't ever speak the book of the law. It's not saying take the book and the book and put it to your mouth. He's saying speak what the word says. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you will meditate, you shall meditate in it how often? Day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written in it. If it's not coming out of your mouth and you are not thinking about it, you are not able to do all that's written in it. No matter how hard you try, you can't do it. It's a spiritual thing. This is what God says we must do. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. In other words, moderate it to yourself day and night. 
How many know that at night you're trying to sleep and that's when the Satan tries to remind you of all the troubles that you have? Many can't really go to sleep. He keeps ministering to you, showing you everything that you're going through. That's why God says, tell him what God said all through the night. He gives you one, you give him what God has said. You know the right second, you know what's happening naturally in your life. But what God has spoken is more important than what you're experiencing naturally. Because the Bible says, why we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. Because the things that are seen are temporary. So whatever you're going through is just temporary. But what the things that are not seen, the Word of God, that's eternal. It stays forever. So that's the recipe for success. So that you may be able to observe, that you may observe to do all that is written in it, and it says, after that, you will have, you'll make your way prosperous, and you will have good success through the word from your mouth. The word from your mouth. There are words that we can speak, two kinds of words that proceed from our mouth, for the most part. Words of fear or words of faith. Words of fear or words of faith. I can't pay my bill, don't know what I can do. That's normal in the natural, but it's a word born out of fear. God will supply all my needs according to his riches, even though you are going through a difficult time. That's a word of faith. But God does not endorse words of fear. Satan will. Everything that God doesn't endorse, Satan takes over. So that's the way it works. Now listen to this scripture here. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14, the Bible is telling us something. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. So if he's a high priest, Jesus is a high priest, he's got to be ministering on our behalf, right? We have a great high priest. So Jesus, who has passed through the heavens, heavens, first heaven, second heaven, and the third heaven, and he's seated at the right hand of God, still being a high priest. So Jesus today is your high priest, and he's ministering to the Father. And the word is saying, since we have such a great high priest, not just an ordinary high priest, we have a great high priest that pays attention to details. We have such a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Nobody can hold him back. He doesn't have to go into the presence and wonder if something is going to happen to him. He went right into God's very presence and presented his blood. We have such a great high priest. And what are we to do? Since we have Jesus, the Son of God, as our high priest, what does God want you to do? Hold fast to your confession. Hold fast to what you are saying. Why do you have to hold fast? Because in the natural, what you are saying doesn't make sense. And you want to let it go and speak your mind. You want to speak what you see, what you feel, what, what's, what's come in the mail, what the doctors told you. 
even though it contradicts God's word, it's easy for you to say that because you're a natural being. But we have been born again. The Bible says if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. He says all, all things have passed away. All things have become new. We are now children of God. We have his DNA. And God told us how he operates. And God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. So we will pray that way. So we must hold fast to our confession of faith. In traditional King James, he says profession of faith. In other words, what you believe. Hold fast to your confession of what you believe. Don't say our church believes in this, but you don't really know what the church believes. I hear a lot of people say, we believe in healing. Okay, show me one scripture about healing. You don't know. Well, pastor says we believe in healing. That's not good enough. That's not, that's not, it is written. You need to know what is written. Satan needs to know, you know what's written and you are on the side of what's written. Against what he's telling you, against what your body is telling you, you are firmly on the side of what is written. That's when it will work. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. You meditate in it day or night. That's holding fast to it because your body is telling you what you're saying is not right. Because see how you feel. See how much money you owe. Are you going to pay all of this? Well, I can, but the Lord will help me. We'll come into that. So Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 10, verse 23, he says, Do not let go of your confession. Let, let us hold fast to our confession of hope without wavering. In other words, I'm not going to go away from it no matter what. Why do you feel like wavering? Because in the natural, it doesn't make sense. What you're feeling and what you're seeing, if you tell somebody, that's why the Bible says, don't throw your pearl to swine. I mean, people don't understand. Don't go tell unbelievers there to say, I think that man's lost his mind. We know what's going on and see the way he's talking. But God's going to come through. He says, don't let go of your confession. Stay with it. Don't waver. If you waver, you're a double-minded person. Because he who promised, he's faithful. God who promised, he's faithful. So what is God asking us to hold fast to? What he has promised. That's what he's asking us to hold fast to. Hold fast to what God has promised, even though your body is telling you something different. That's called faith. You've got to stay holding fast to what God has promised, without wavering. Because everything is telling you is not going to work. But when you have that and you hold fast to it, that's pleasing to him. Because the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So when you hold fast to it, even though it doesn't make sense, that truly pleases God and it moves him. That's why God is so pleased with Abraham. Because Abraham is not moved by his wife, who was 90 years old, 
he was not moved by it. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4, he was still trusting God, believing that a 90-year-old woman, because God had said a 90-year-old woman will have a baby in the house. Here, if you tell it to a doctor, he'll tell you, you've lost your mind, you're crazy, or maybe you're already dead. But Abraham believed that. And God called him his friend. My friend Abraham. Because faith is what pleases God. But he ha- Abraham had his confession. He believed. And the Bible says because of his belief, his body came alive. His wife's body came alive as well. And they were able to have a baby. So hold fast to your confession without wavering. So there are things that we must continue to to hold fast to. Let me share some things that we need to hold fast to so that you don't lose it. Hold fast to the fact that you have faith in God. You have faith in God. You have enough faith to get any miracle done. What Jesus said, if you have faith just as small as the grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, but we keep telling ourselves, I don't have enough faith. I don't have enough faith. How did you get born again then? If you didn't have enough faith. What's bigger than being born again? What more faith do you need? So I have the faith of God. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've heard the word of God. It's automatic. You hear it. You believe it. You got faith. So you must constantly affirm that you have faith in God. I trust God. I have faith in God. I can trust God. I do have faith. I don't, don't ever say, I don't know if I have enough faith. What's enough? How do you know when it's enough? But God has given us faith. For by grace are you saved through what? Faith. And that faith is not of yourself. It is the gift of God. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. You sure have faith. The reason why you feel like you don't have faith is because you haven't said it from your mouth. And it hasn't come from your heart. You believe it in your heart and you speak it with your mouth. The more you say it, this book of the law, that's word of God, you have faith, you're saved. And because you're saved, you have faith. You have faith in God. You know you believe God. You know God exists, don't you? You know everything is possible with God. If I ask you, you will tell me. But when it comes out of your mouth, you're struggling with faith. The Bible says we must say the same things. Paul said, I trust in God. When he was going and before the shipwreck, the angel of God, the God that I believe in, he sent an angel and I believe that what he said to me, that's exactly what's going to happen. He affirmed what God told him. Amen? We have to do that. We have to say that we have faith. I have faith in Jesus. I believe Jesus. I trust in the blood of Jesus. I'm covered with the blood of Jesus. I have faith in God. God's going to deliver me. I trust in God. The more those words come from your mouth, they take a hold of your heart. And the Spirit of God bears witness with your spirit. This is so. And then your confidence grows. Because you're saying this the same thing over and over and over again. And your heart agrees. 
and your mind begins to say, we, I, I guess it's true. Because the real struggle is with the mind. Notice you can't speak and think something different. Amen. So when you keep saying it, your mind finally agrees. Yeah, I heard it enough. Yes, we believe. Can we go to something else? I believe. I believe. I believe. You can know that you believe. So you have to know that you have faith in God. You, at least you have faith big enough as a, a grain of mustard seed. How big is that? And that's accepted with God. Why don't you agree with God that that's so? Even as God has said it. So declare that you have faith. The next thing is declare that you are righteous before God. Declare that you are righteous before God. No one is more righteous than the other man. I am not more righteous than anybody here in this church. Because our righteousness is from Him. We gained it by faith in God. By believing what Jesus has done. Even Abraham got his righteousness by trusting that God is. That's how Abraham became righteous before God. Not because if he didn't sin. Everyone sinned. Everyone is sin. Abraham was a sinner also. All of them. James, Peter, John. All of them were bad sinners like the rest of us. But when they believed God, God gave them his righteousness. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Jesus became sin. The essence of sin itself. Jesus became sin for us. And what's the result of that? That we might become, say the word become with me please, and you have become, that's what you are. That we might become the righteousness of God inside Christ. Let God be true and every man a lie. I don't care what you feel, you're righteous before God. And your righteousness will not work for you. I'm going to be talking about a lot of work that righteousness does for us. Your righteousness will not work for you until you acknowledge it. And accept it. And declare it. That you have it. That it's yours. God has made you. Not going to make you the righteousness of God. God has made you the righteousness of God in Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ, according to the word of God. No matter how you feel, feeling has nothing to do with it. A man asks what, what he says in the word. Let God be true and every man a liar. So even if your mind is telling you something contrary to this word, your mind is a lie. This is the truth. And until you accept it, you will not eat the benefit. You will not enjoy the benefit of it. You have to agree with God. Amos 3 verse 3 says, How can two walk together except they are in agreement? You have to agree with God. What he says, that you are righteous before him. You know the scripture, Isaiah 54 verse 17. He says, No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. The fruit of righteousness. When you believe that God has made you righteous. 
that you are righteous before God and you accept it. And have the heavens agree based on the words of your mouth and what's coming from your heart. Because the Bible says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The heavens will agree with you. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's what the scripture says. And every tongue which rises up against you, you shall condemn. Why? This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Guess what it says? And their righteousness is from me. The reason why no weapon, no matter how much they plan against you, no matter how hard they try, the reason why it won't work, no matter what they say, it won't work to bring you down. The reason for that is because you have God's righteousness. And their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. The righteousness is from him. Why? Because he became sin for us. Amen? That's what it says. You didn't ask him to. He made that happen. He became sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God. This is already done. Not going to be done. It's already done. I have to accept it. Just when we tell people, why don't you accept Christ? You know what that says? Accept what he says. That's when you will reap the benefit. You got to accept it. So if you know you are righteous, no matter how hard they try, it won't work. No weapon means no weapon. You want to define it in English? No weapon means no weapon. <laughs> All right? No matter how hard they try, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Psalm 14 verse 5, it says, God is with the generation of the righteous. God is with the generation of the righteous. So to be righteous and to acknowledge that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, that's very important. Let it sink into your spirit. Because if you know that and you're righteous before God, God will be with the generation. Now, uh, Psalm 5 verse 12 says, God will bless the righteous. Can you say that with me? God will bless the righteous. Psalm 12, verse 5. God will, as long as you are maintaining your righteousness, you're going to be blessed. God will bless the righteous. God will bless the righteous. And then not only that, God will surround the righteous with what? Favor as with a shield. Psalm 5 verse 12. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. Right? Right there. With favor, you will surround him as with a shield. That's why it's so important that you maintain that you have the righteousness of God, no matter how you feel. Feeling has nothing to do with it. It has more to do with what God says. And I'll go back to that scripture. Let God be true and your feelings are lie. Amen. God blesses the righteous. 
and surrounds the righteous with favor as with a shield. Psalm 37, verse 25. He tells us that the righteous will never be forsaken. Psalm 37. The righteous will never be forsaken. And their descendants will never beg bread. Isn't that good? I can eat all that, on that all day long. Their descendants will never beg bread. So I can be sure of the future of my children. Amen. He starts with you. If you stay righteous before God. I didn't say stay self-righteous. His righteousness. Amen. His righteousness in you. Maintain that. And refuse to speak otherwise. Because if you speak otherwise, you are contradicting God. And God says in Malachi, your words are stout against me. I say this, and you put a button there, and, and you say something different. And God says, your butt is in the way. <laughs> okay. So get out of the way so that God's word can work. We shouldn't be saying that in church, okay? The righteous can never be forsaken. No matter how you feel, you, you're not forsaken. When you think it, and Satan will keep ministering to you, God has forgotten you. Why is this? And he'll show you all kinds of things happening to you. Look at this, it's not working. Your job, they are threatening to fire you. Your children are acting crazy. If you were okay like Pastor Andy, you wouldn't be having all of this. You are forsaken. He is righteous and you're not. Well, don't believe that lie. Don't believe that lie. Because God has said it. The righteous can never be forsaken. And their children will never beg bread. I believe Psalm 146 verse 8. He said, God loves the righteous. God loves the righteous. There's a proverb, chapter 10, verse 24. That's Proverbs there. He says, the desires of a righteous person must be granted. Proverbs, you got it? 10, 24. I'm getting too fast for you, right? <laughs> the desire of the righteous will be Granted. So it's good to declare you are righteous. Amen. Declare it always. You are righteous before God. You are the righteousness of God. When you wake up in the morning and you're feeling kind of bad, uh, say it. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Hey, look at me here. Look at me. I am the righteousness of God. Please don't tell your co-worker. You think you lost your mind. But he's the word of God. Amen? He's the word of God. I am the righteousness of God. You didn't say it. God said it. And you believed it. And all God is saying is, if you can only believe. You see, you will not say it unless you really believe it. It's true. 
You will not affirm it until you really believe it. You remember the woman who was healed with the issue of blood? What did she say first? If I may but touch the hem of his garment. She said it to herself first. Amen? She believed it. And she said it. If you can't say it, you don't believe it. If you can't say it with strength coming from your heart because you are really convinced, it's not working. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know they believe. They said, King, we're not going to even listen to you. We believe our God will deliver us from this, your fiery furnace. But even if he chooses not to, notice they said, if he chooses not to, they were sure he would deliver them. But maybe that's the way he wants them to go home. Even if he chooses not to, we're not listening to you. They were fully convinced. Just like it says of Abraham, Abraham was fully persuaded that God will raise Isaac up even if he killed him. And God says, you're a righteous man. Amen? Faith is what brings us this righteousness of God. The desires of the righteous shall be granted. So you must always, all I'm using the scriptures to let you know, always declare, regardless of how you feel, if you have sinned, confess the sin, ask God for forgiveness. The Bible says if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all, all unrighteousness. Well, if he's cleansed you from all unrighteousness, are you still unrighteous? No. Declare, I just pray to God, now I am the righteousness of God. And the heaven says, that's right, you are. Amen. I see the scripture that says, decree a thing, and it shall be established. We're not talking a lot. We're not decreeing a lot. And what we decree the most, in the most part is what we see with our eyes and what we feel. We tell it as it is. This is how I feel, so I'm just going to speak my mind. Please don't speak your mind. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting your family. Rather say what God says. I've been saying this over the years because I found that in Isaiah 54. God says, your children shall be taught of the Lord. God says, I will teach your children. So all these years, I've been telling the Lord, I thank you God for being a great teacher from, to my children. Amen? Not just teaching them chemistry, Okay? But teaching them how to follow God. He'll do the good job. He's going to do a better job than I. I can't teach them. He knows them. He created them. He knows how they feel and how they think. I can't depend on my wisdom. Lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. I, I trust Him. I trust Him. I don't have to... He says, the Bible says, he who believes does not make haste. I trust him so I can relax. And the things might not be going the way I want. But I trust him so I can declare, God just became the, my, te- my children's teacher. And he teach them good. Amen? So we need to declare these things. 
He is our righteousness. I was reading a scripture that was in Proverbs chapter 11 verse 8. God says he delivers the righteous from trouble. And trouble goes to the wicked instead. He delivers his children from trouble. Instead, uh, trouble goes to visit the wicked. You know who the wicked is? Wicked is anyone that has rejected what Jesus came to do for us. That's a wicked person. That's the only reason why anyone will go to hell. As a wicked person. Because God gave the solution and you rejected it. God says you're wicked. That's the only reason anybody will go. Not because of what you've done. Not all the sins. Murderers go to heaven. If they accept the solution, yes. They, maybe they killed six people. They may pay the price here on earth for doing what they've done. But if they acknowledge and accept Jesus' righteousness, guess where they go? You may not like it, but God doesn't think, He doesn't care about how you think. He's His word. Amen? Let God be true and every man a liar. It's very important that we do that. Another thing that we need to, because I'm going through these things, you must always declare that God is your refuge. God is your refuge. Your hiding place. When there is trouble all around you and things are going crazy and it's beginning to affect people and families and everybody, you must declare that God is your refuge. And say it. God, you are my refuge. In times of trouble, you are my hiding place. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. So when you declare until you own God, He doesn't own you. You have to accept Him first. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and you open, then He'll come in. If you don't accept His word, God and His word are one and the same. So when you accept His word, you have accepted Him. So you run to that name. You must always know, because we will have troubles in us. Every day, every one of us dealing with something right now. We're constantly dealing with issues. But we need a place of refuge. Refuge, sanctuary. A place of rest. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will what? give you rest. That's what God, Jesus told us. So Jesus must always be our place of refuge, no matter what's going on. God, I don't understand what's happening, but I'm just going to come to you and rest in your presence and see what you'll do for me. Make God your refuge. Psalm 91, he says from verse 1 and 2, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide in other words, you will dwell under the shadow of the Almighty God. The God who is more than enough. His secret place. The name of Jesus. 
You know, Jesus says something in, in uh, John chapter 17. He said, all that you've given me, I have kept in your name. Amen? I protected them in your name. And no one was lost except the son of perdition. I kept them in your name. You are protected and kept. We have to believe these things. We have to confess these things. Because God has already given these things to us. Not going to, he has already given these things to us. So we must confess these things. He who dwells, in other words, you are resting, believing God, trusting in God, making your confession. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Jesus is that secret place of the Most High. John 14 verse 20, Jesus said, In that day you will know that I am in the Father, the Father in me, and I in you. We're one. That's the secret place. So I tell the devil, if you want to hurt me, uh, I'm hiding inside Christ in there. <laughs> you have to go through the Father and see how you can sneak by him and sneak by Jesus before you get me. Uh, I don't think that's possible. Amen? He is our refuge. He is our hiding place. Because there's trouble all around. Difficult times coming, you know, to us. He who dwells in that place. He says, notice what he says in the next verse. I will what? I will what? I will what? I will what? You have to say it. You have to say it. I will. If you don't say it, you are not in the secret place. I will say of the Lord, He is my what? My refuge. My sanctuary. My stronghold. I will say it. Because if you don't say it, it won't work. God's teaching us how to live. That's how we created the world. Not by doing the stuff and planting trees the way we do. He speaks those things into being. And we are created in His image. And God says here, if you want God to be your refuge and your fortress, that's your stronghold, say it. Because until you say it, He is not that to you. I will say of the Lord, not how you feel, but what God says. And what you want, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God. If you don't own God as your God, He is not your God. My God. And He says, in Him I will trust. We have to do that. And then in verse 5, He says, you shall not be afraid by the terror. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. When you make God your refuge, no need to be afraid of anything. In fact, as you were telling him that he's your refuge, the fear evaporates. Because fear is what opens the door to the enemy. Faith is what opens the door to God. So God tells us, when you are saying those words, you, God says, notice what he says, you shall not be. 
He's telling you what's going to happen when you make God your refuge. When you say it, you shall not be afraid because it's not going to come near you. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Most evil people like to do stuff at night, right? God says you won't be afraid because it's not going to come near you. Nor of the arrows that fly by day. Nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness. Nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. It doesn't matter what's happening to everybody else. God can protect you. But you have to have that mindset. And the only way to have that mindset is to be saying it over and over again. This book of the law shall not depart from my mouth. But you must meditate in it day and night so that you may be able to observe all that is written in it. And then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Why? Because you keep saying the same thing over and over, muttering it to yourself. These are principles that God has given to us. Life and death are what? In the power of the tongue. (laughs) You can speak death into your body or you can speak life. You can speak sickness into your body, or you can speak health. You know, somebody looks at you and says, what's the matter with you today? You're not even aware of it. He said, what was it? You look like you're sick. You say, no, I'm not. You walk away, and then another person, different from the other guy, what's the matter with you? Are you sick? Guess what the mind is telling you? I guess I'm sick. <laughs> The next thing you know, you're telling your boss, I don't think I'm feeling well today. I want to go home. Guess what's going to happen? You are going to be sick. You talked yourself into being sick because somebody suggested it. You took it. Did God say, you know the scripture? Did God say, oh, that's not true. Uh, Satan wants to educate you. And sometimes he can use what I call Job's friends. I mean, you know what I mean. Job's friends, they came to comfort Job <laughs> and they let him have it. Sometimes uh, your, those people, they meant well. They can be Job's friends to you by telling you what, what they think is wrong with you. And you accept it, you'll be in real trouble. But I love Job. He wouldn't accept it. Amen. If you don't say amen, I'll say amen. That's good. <laughs> But also declare that God is your help. Your present help in times of trouble. Amen? Because that's what the scripture says. God is your present help in time of trouble. Times of trouble. No matter what. But that's the truth. No matter what you are going through, God's present to help you. God never forgets his children. He said, I have engraven you on the palm of my hand. You cannot be forgotten. You cannot be forsaken. Not if you have the mark of Christ upon your life. The whole world, you can read in Ephesians, God wants everything in Christ. And anything that is not in Christ is going to be destroyed in the last day. Everything in Christ. You in Christ. Everything in the world. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians. All in Christ. If you are in Christ, you are in Noah's boat. You won't drown. 
yourself. You and your family. Amen? God is your present help in times of trouble. I mean, it can be a time of prayer where you spend that time instead of wondering uh, what to say. You can tell him for maybe 15 minutes, God, you are the help of my life. You are the help of my countenance. God, you are my help. Say it over and over again. It may not make sense to you, but I tell you, he's doing something big in the spirit realm that's going to affect your life. It's your help in times of trouble. In Isaiah 41, verse 10, God says, don't fear. Why? I am with you. I'm with you. You cannot be forsaken. Don't open the door for the enemy. That's what he's saying. Don't fear. I am with you. Don't be dismayed. I am your God. To be dismayed is distressed because of everything that's coming at you. You're discouraged, depressed because of everything that's coming at you. It's like, God, what's going on? All of these things. God says, don't fear, I am with you. I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. You know what the Holy Spirit is called? The Helper. Jesus said, I'm going. If I don't go, the help is not going to come to you. Every one of you, you have the helper. He's with you. Should we acknowledge him? Can you imagine if you're living with somebody and you never acknowledge the person? The Holy Spirit is the helper. You pass by him all the time. Your husband, you never say a word to him. He's, and then you're back, he just walk by. One day, he's going to want... And if your friends see what's going on, you don't say anything to one, you just pass by. It's, what's going on here, right? Do, they, do we have any relationship here? What's going on? He is the helper. Jesus said, I will send him to you. We don't acknowledge our present help. The Holy Spirit, always there. And there's nothing that's impossible with him. So I can declare, I have the helper with me. God said, do not fear. I am with you. Jesus said it even further. In this he says, you know him. He is with you. He will be in you. So you carry the helper everywhere you go. Amen. And he's willing to help. Just let him know. I need some help. Amen? I know I got you here. I need help. And he's going to help. But you have to acknowledge that you have the helper with you. Don't fear. I am with you. Don't be dismayed. Don't get discouraged. Don't get distressed because of what's happening. You got the helper. He's going to help you. That's his job. He's there to help. We haven't engaged him very much. He's wondering, what's going on? You're not going to engage me? I came here to help. So we talk to the helper. 
God said, don't be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will strengthen. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You know, sometimes when troubles come to us, it's like we're going further down and I don't know if I will make it. This is it. Satan makes you think this is the end. You're finished. Anyone has ever been there before? I have. He felt like this is it. You're going down. Right? But God says, I'm going to uphold you. I'll hold you up with my righteous right hand. You're not going down. Nobody can knock you down. I have your hand. I have your hand. Amen? So you let God know, God, you have my hand. You're holding me. So we have to acknowledge that he is our helper. I don't know if I can go further because of our time. Uh But always declare this because that's where we live. I will never know want. God will meet all of your needs. I'm going to develop this next time we talk about next time, maybe next week. Man is not your supply. God is. And God, but God will use people. The Lord is my, I shall not want. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but my trust. It's in God. He can help you. God can help you. I want us to trust God. God can give you just one idea after you've suffered and struggled for 25 years trying to make it. And God can give you just one door or bring somebody to you to transform everything. It can bring somebody into your life. Now, trust in Him. Because He will make it happen. That's why the Bible says, don't be weary in well-doing. You know what the well-doing is? What you're saying. Amen? That's well-doing because you're doing what God says. When we talk about well-doing, we're thinking about maybe we go out witnessing. That's good. But say it. Say the word. This book of the law shall what? Not depart from your mouth. When you're doing that, guess what you're doing? That's well-doing. Okay? You're doing what God said. That's well-doing. Meditate in it day and night. Because God says that's how you have good success. That's how you make your way prosperous. Because you are disallowing everything else. And holding on to the word of God. Close with this. There's a man, Novel Hayes, um, multimillionaire, but became a Christian. And then God used him all over the world, known all over. But he says, I wasn't asking for that. He said, but this man, some will tell me this, 
and then I go somewhere else, they'll tell me something. These are Christians. Because of everything that they truly believe that's not in the Bible. How many have heard this scripture? (laughs) Heaven helps those who help themselves. You heard that before? It's in Hezekiah chapter 4 verse (laughs) 1. Please don't turn to Hezekiah. There's no book like that. (laughs) But people say things like that. And they tell you. Sometimes they will even quote a song that they've heard on uh, the Christian radio. And many times I don't like those songs because they are not scriptural. They sound good, but they are not scriptural. I listen to it, but I don't like to sing them because it's not scriptural. Nothing against the person. He's a Christian or she's a Christian. That's where they are in their understanding. And God giving them the gift to write songs. They can write beautiful songs. But I don't have to agree with what they're saying. It's got to come from the Word of God. It's got to come from the Word of God. I don't have much time. I'm already past my time. Stand up tonight. We'll go back to this next time. (laughs) Amen. I pray that uh, when we talk about repentance, really is switching your mind and doing what's right. Like Marco said tonight in the message about Kenneth Hagin, I always remind him about that. Because that's what he says. I, 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 God said, you were willing, but you were obedient, but you were not willing. He said, I got willing in a hurry. Because I need the blessing. <laughs> so get willing in a hurry. By doing what the scripture says. I used a lot of scriptures tonight to show you what God has said. But don't be hearers only. But doers of the word. Because those who practice the word, those are the ones that are blessed. You heard maybe a good sermon, but you did nothing about it. You are a forgetful hearer. And that man will not be blessed. I want us to go today finding that thing. If there is something that you are afraid of, come against it and say, no, 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 no more. God's with me and I'm not afraid of you anymore. It's not going to happen the way Satan you're ministering to me. That's not my portion. Amen? Because your inheritance is goodness and mercy. Remember the scripture? Goodness and mercy shall follow me. How many days of your life? All the days. Will God lie to us? No. He won't. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord this night and just thank him for his goodness. This is why we say God is a good God. His word works. God is a good God. God is a good God. God is faithful to his word. God watches over his word to perform it. He watches his word. He's going to confirm his word in your life. God will bless you because you are the righteous. God will bless you. God will surround you with favor as with a shield. God will be with your generation and the generations of your children and on and on. God's going to be with you. God will meet every need in your life. God will kick that problem, that great problem in your life. God will kick it out of your life. God will pour upon you His blessings. Every evil thing that's come against you, every weapon of the enemy that's against your life, God's removing them tonight in Jesus' name. The Lord is taking them out of your life because we have a good God. That's why we serve Him. He is a good God. God is a good God. 
He is your heavenly Father. He is your refuge tonight. You are in his, uh, you are in God's secret place tonight. You have come into God's secret place. You have entered into the holy of holies, and you are welcome in the holy of holies. No evil can come into the holy of holies. That's where God has you tonight. I speak that in the name of Jesus and God's favor. The light of his countenance is upon your life tonight. Everyone hearing my voice tonight. God's goodness and mercy is upon your life tonight. I want you to say with me, Amen and Amen tonight. Because that's the truth. You know what Amen means? So shall it be. So shall it be. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.